calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Welcome back, dungeon lovers and battle fans, to more of the League of Ultimate Questing, the show that gives you a glimpse into the fast-paced, gritty, and action-packed world of professional adventuring. I like to call it violence voyeurism. And with the bloodshed also comes subterfuge, negotiation, and problem-solving. Truly something for everyone. My name is Kip Killigan, voice of the LUQ and servant of the Nexus Enterprise. And with me in the mega booth is retired League veteran and masculine muse with a short fuse, storm-clad Thundertongue. Ma- masculine... Masculine muse. Good to be here, Kip. You weirdo. The time has come for us to check in on the Mortal Dawn as they race through the streets of the undead metropolis of Andario, hoping to make their way to a secret midnight rendezvous with an underground rebellion, whose destination and password are safely in hand. Ha! <laughs> underground. You're right, because they're dead. <coughs> you know, I've always been a sucker for passwords. Oh? What do you mean, Storm? I don't know. Something about a good password just gets my tusks tingling. The idea of coming out of the rain to some shady bar and whispering, the Duke's blade grows dull as winter sets. To the bartender and he taps his nose and leads you into the back where a bunch of cutthroats are all looking at maps and loading crossbows. <sighs> Poetic and badass. Those are the pillars of my existence. You paint quite the vivid picture, Storm, my friend. Let's hope the secret society awaiting our heroes at the graveyard sets an equally captivating scene. Will the Mortal Dawn manage to infiltrate this guild's defenses? Or will entering the cemetery of this eternal city prove to be a grave mistake? Let's find out now. The Mortal Dawn is in the capital city of Andariel in Chimaris. They are disguised as the undead, for the city itself is unliving, and controlled by different factions of undead creatures. You're seeking an underground group known as the Execration. They have stolen the remains of a council member originally leading the city, and your job is to find it. One of you has been given a password, and the other given the location of their secret meeting place in the Carnal Glebe, the graveyard here in the city. The Lachey wagon rolls gently through the streets. The undead are mingling, floating through the air and clamoring down the lane, ignoring you as you are one of them. And the moon is starting to reach its apex. And you know that is when the meeting will begin. Harithax uh, sort of processing how they're feeling after the anima thing uh, will turn and look at Artyom and say, um, Artyom, Artyom, you've been very quiet. Since we got to the Rialto, how are you doing? I'm fine. Uh, you seemed to have a bit of a moment there before Galvast. 
this is um, this is difficult. I do not like this. No, I don't imagine. I have spent a significant portion of my life deciding that um, what makes sense, what is rational, is what is most important. But there is something, something about these things. I know that they are simply creatures trying to live out their lives. I know that they are sentient entities, and there's no reason for me to uh, hate them. But there is something about the connection I have with, with Bren. I feel sick. I try to joke, I try to uh, make fun, but it's not okay. I'm not okay. I see. Well, perhaps there is something we can do. If I had my way, I would burn this place to the ground. But I don't want to do that. And as you even just picture this divine fire that usually you have at your fingertips, you it just sinks in that since you've entered Camaris, you have not even made eye contact with the sun. It's been several days. This place is completely awash with the Everstorm. There is a direct barrier between you and the daylight sky at all times. You still feel the strength inside of you, but your disconnection is saddening. And as you are crossing a long rickety bridge over this toxic green river, you once again catch sight of the spirit walker, this towering creature made of shadow, looming over even the tallest buildings here in the capital. His gait covers city blocks at a time, moving completely silently. And once again, his energy just sort of passes over you without a peep. And as his body passes through the wagon itself, just a chill runs down your spine and you feel almost like a tiny bit of you is missing, slowly growing back like a candle flame that is fighting a strong breeze. There in the distance, you see a very large gate built in Gothic style, huge stone square pillars ending at jagged points with sharp metal spears at the tops of each wall. The gate is 30 feet wide and 30 feet tall. And on each side of it is a very large, what first looks like a statue of stone, very large figures in armor with massive pole arms held in their gauntleted hands. You realize that this is an actual suit of armor flanking each side of the door, and it is not a creature inside, but as you approach, you can see what looks like just a nesting, writhing mass of skeletons and spirit energy inside of the armor, as though it's being piloted by hundreds of skeletons smushed together. And they stand silently, their eyes glowing, overlooking the walkway that leads up to the carnal glebe. They look very similar to the guardians that protected the gateway leading into Andariel, but much larger. And as the wagon lurches up to the gate to a stop, the moon starts to reach its apex. Do you think they'll let us inside? I'd like to see them try to stop us. I look at the two giant suits of animated armor and go, I wouldn't. I wouldn't, I wouldn't at all. <laughs> We're not getting past them without making a lot of noise if they try and stop us. And I think noise is the opposite of what we want to do right now. I look over my shoulder at the like spirit titan behind us. Just looming off in the distance in the opposite direction. I imagine you can see it at any time throughout the city because it's so big. Very frequently, yes. I wonder if we're supposed to wait... The password said tarnished silver, two shines in moonlight. Maybe we have to wait till the moon's at its apex. Two as in dwa? Two as in also. Not number. Not number. Look, yeah. And you see a face emerge from the shadows beyond the gate. And even though it is a barred gate, something about looking through it is not like looking through the bars of a gate. It's almost pure darkness. And a skeletal face, hands wrapping around two of the bars and pressing itself up and says, Say that again. Uh, sorry. Uh, tarnished silver, two shines in moonlight? 
and the eyes of these orbs of light move in the sockets of this skull, passing over the wagon, passing over the giant undead Kamarian warhorse, and says, All right, boys. And both animated statues at the same time lift their halberds and in unison drop them down, and the gate lurches as the skeleton backs away, disappearing into the shadows, and this of iron on stone as the carnal glebe now lies before you. And once the gate is open, you can see the moonlight illuminating thousands of gravestones for hundreds of acres. Well done. I guess just saying it was all we needed to do. I guess so. That was... Uh, uh, okay. Yes, let's go. Mm. Harithax would quietly say, if we're being listened to that closely, let's be very cautious what we say. Mm. What about the execration? Or uh, what do you mean? Artyom, really? <laughs> really, Artyom? <laughs> what? It's word. Oh, I can say words. And uh, there's a clip-clopping of hooves as the wagon starts to pull forward again into the graveyard. It seems to sprawl out in all directions. The road you're on branches off. You could build a small city in the size of this graveyard. It is absolutely massive. It seems very silent. You do notice a couple of very quiet figures moving around some graves. They have shovels over their shoulders. Some of them are carrying these strange green lanterns that hum with the same energy of the anima. And far in the distance... You can see a green bonfire near a massive mausoleum, and it seems like dark shadows are starting to cascade around it, as though there's a group circling it. Uh, Master Arvid. Arvid's bones creak as he turns his skeletal head to face Crist. Can you lend me your, your head for a minute? Just just a little closer. Just give me head. Just, just, <laughs> yes. It's good, yeah? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um... Do you wonder if we're doing the right thing? Uh, bringing back something to life that might be suffering? I I, I, I question this quest. Look, Kip Kilgan says, uh, no quest too questionable. No quest unless it's kind of questionable and you don't feel comfortable with it. As little as I can put into this is the right amount. <sighs> there have been many questionable quests. Um, we have done things that I definitely don't think would fit my moral background mm. we decided to take this quest and i believe the most important thing is that we complete it but we didn't know everything about this place it's so mysterious so new but there's people here starving suffering and we knew that the person who gave us this quest was undead i understand your reservations chris but these creatures they're not slaves like we've seen before they are... Uh, we've seen no indication they have any free will. Not that it's been robbed of them, that perhaps this place itself takes away their independence. They are, for all intents and purposes, uh, livestock. And mm. say what you will about whether or not that is uh, problematic, but and I glance over at Artyom. I would be cautious giving our friend here any more reason to try and burn this place to the ground. If you wish us to complete this quest and survive our visit to Kamaris. <laughs> but would that really be so bad? Depends. What happens to you if you die here? You fear they're suffering? I believe they're suffering deeply. I've heard the music of their suffering. When your body is torn to pieces by the hordes of the dead, do you not think you'll rise here? I... And live the very suffering you're trying to end? I... More reason to burn this place to the ground. If you think that would do anything in the long run. The wagon proceeds through the quiet graveyard. 
You travel for many minutes in order to get close to this green bonfire you can see at the base of a large mausoleum. As you get close, you can see what looks like around a dozen figures circled around it, talking in very hushed voices. As the wagon gets in their line of sight, two of them turn and start to approach the main road of the graveyard. They're wearing what looks like, in a past life, mercenary armor, hard leather, metal plates bound into it, and they have swords on their backs. They are grave-bound. They have some flesh remaining on their bones, but it's safe to say they are mostly skeleton. They say, Who goes there? Travelers, and possibly allies. Hungry travelers. We are newly dead and understand that there are certain rules we are expected to follow. We are not certain we wish to follow these rules. So you're seeking something in particular here? We're seeking employment, purpose, whatever it is an organization we have heard tell of can offer us in exchange for our services. Hmm, strange for outsiders to form an alliance like this, but I do not doubt that the eminent have cast a bad flavor into your mouths in no time. And I assume you're hungry from your travels. So hungry. Keep your weapons sheathed and join us around the fire. You come on an auspicious night. We have much to discuss of important matters for the execration. And uh, he will gesture for you to step down from your wagon and approach the bonfire and the figures around it. Killa. He holds his hand out to the rest of the group and says, These outsiders seem eager to lend their power to our cause. You understand that our organization wishes to seize the anima in Andariel and siphon off the power of the eminent so that those who are hungry may be fed when they wish to feed and not wait for their rations. A plate they can understand. They hoard anima in their cellars behind the walls of the silent citadel. We know they keep it from us, amassing wealth, needlessly starving us. What makes you so sure? We have lived in this city for hundreds of years. We have seen the creep of power. What once seemed a fair piece of the cake is smaller and smaller with each passing year. But the scoured multiply. The anima should be growing, not diminishing. Are there perhaps other things at play that you are not aware of? If that is the case, we deserve the truth, and siphoning off their power will make us the ones who are the truth-tellers. You sound like every other group of disgruntled peasants I dealt with in life. Why is my death supposed to be devoted to yet another failing cause? <laughs> More people that should have risen up in a revolution and seized the power for themselves. Until yet another power rises to the top, this is waste of my time. If you do not wish to be part of this, you may leave. I do, but maybe you can tell me something that does not sound like yet another failed revolution. We have taken from the Eminent something that they hold very dear. We have a bargaining chip. I see. Now this is different. But on this night, we have very dire plans to make in returning it to us, for it was stolen. Stolen? General Troth, a report on the happenings of the last week. And a very large bearded undead with spiders and just cobwebs hanging out of this massive shaggy brown beard steps forward and says we had held the remains for some time here in the glebe but we had to get it out of the city to keep it out of their hands the shrouded are constantly watching us we fear any day now they may find our secret bases single us out and turn us into anima once again return you to anima how do they do this 
All of us are held together with the force of the anima. To destroy our undead bodies creates a small flame. I have not been dead long, so I do not understand the practices here or how this works. So there is a lower limit. If you cross below this, you fall apart. If you cross below it, you become the true nature of undead, and the hunger takes over. And if it depletes to nothing, you are destroyed. I see. This is why we cannot leave the barrier. The longer we spend outside of it, the more we are depleted of our life essence, returning us to our primal instincts. This group, this group of... Uh, he clears his throat and spits out a spider. Mortals that we did business with. They promised they would keep it safe in the Hilderons for us until we sent them a message, and we could use it as a bargaining chip against the eminent. But they are holding it. And I fear that they may have other means for it, to steal it from us, to remove it from the city entirely. What mortals? They came to us from Chimaris. They seemed to know things about us, and perhaps it was an act of desperation to put it in someone's hands who could leave the barrier. Tonight we must make plans to figure out how we can retrieve the remains from them. These thieves. Just thieves? Or necromantic thieves? Those who made the exchange were destroyed. We cannot hear the tale from their lips, or teeth as it were. We are newly dead. We have much energy to ourselves. We might be able to help you in acquiring this item. This is true. They have been outside the barrier for some time. They are still fresh. I can smell the anima coursing through them. Save for that one. You seem diminished. I am stronger than you would know. This is pleasing to hear. These mortals, there was... An elf that led them, according to the reports that I read. They took the remains. And he says, pointing at really nothing, you can't see much outside of the barrier of the sky. <laughs> he points to really nothing. <laughs> but you assume the finger is in the right direction. To the Helderons, the volcanic wasteland to the north of the city. They're holding it there. If a group of fresh corpses like yourselves could go and retrieve it, and once again we have a weapon against... The eminent. Your hope with this is what? Once you have this item, you... Exchange it for the Gravebound to take positions of power in leading the city equal to the eminent, not dogs under their table. Mm -hmm. And if we recover this body, where would we meet you? Here? We could wait for you on the outskirts of the barrier, watching closely for your approach. We have many tireless guards. Mm -hmm. Would it not be safer for us to meet you somewhere more secure? We cannot leave the confines of the barrier, or else we may fade away. Have you no strongholds within it? He kind of gestures to this massive mausoleum. We must move our base as frequently as we can, but for the time being, this has been a sort of warehouse, armory, hiding place. I see. Your plan will not work. Speak your mind. You're taking something and hoping that you can bribe them into giving you, what, a seat in the power? Uh, some control over the city's doings, this is not going to work. You may underestimate how precious these remains are. Mm, no. You have to understand that the, the, anytime you have an entity in power, the idea of giving away the keys to that power is absurd. But if you seize the means of their production, this is a different story. <sighs> you think we're going to trade it to the Eminent themselves? We will bring the remains to the Silent King his most trusted advisor, his beloved childhood friend. Those are the remains we hold, and the king will give the power to those who return to him what he lost. 
Arvid, while Artyom was talking about the means of production and stuff, took one of his leg bones and like poked at Chris and tried to give him a pleading look, but he, it's just a skull, so like you can't see an expression. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, Arvid, what, what is it? Uh, stop with that! <laughs> um, so he's he's poking his bone <laughs> and gets the attention of Chris. That hurts. He's getting a little too into this. I think we need to rush things. I can't believe I'm saying that about Artyom. <laughs> you say you have the Lich King's beloved? The Lich King. The Silent King. Is he not undead like the rest of us? He is something completely different. Do you have the means to resurrect this, this corpse that you speak of? If we bring it to the Silent Citadel, life will find it once more. If you could reanimate these remains would not having an ally that is beholden to you beside the silent king serve you better than simply returning them and bartering for his favor it is the will of the king who is risen and who is not we could not force this hand i see if you can go to the helderons and recover the remains we can plan from there i wish more to learn of your insight into our rebellion it seems in your life you have dealt with such things mm. we have been here so long there is very little of our past lives lingering what's in it for us if we help you all of the gravebound will have an equal portion of the anima not table scraps do you not wish to share the mansions of the eminent not the hovels and sewers below i wish to go get these things because I am still hungry. Yes, hunger. Quite the motivator. You waste your time. You talk about table scraps, but these are scraps among scraps. You have one tiny corner of useless territory scraped out into a dead world with nothing to grow on, nothing to develop. If you really wished for something better for your people, then you would not be wasting your time trying to get a better share of the miscellaneous pieces of nothing that are available to you. This is why we wish to approach the Silent King. Change is in order. Not just a divvying of the goods, but from the top down, a restructuring, and how the handling of the scoured is done, in who controls the land. The King, I fear, needs to be awoken. And what stops you from going beyond? Leaving the city? Making more city. Bigger mm. city. There is a world of anima beyond. What stops you from taking it all? If that is what the Silent King wishes, then we will join that cause without hesitation. He has slept for a long time. My eyes begin to blaze with the... What was a revenant fire starts mm -hmm. getting brighter. That's all I needed to know. And as you just light up the area slightly, even though there's a green bonfire, I want everyone to make me a perception check. No! Mm-mm. Nine. Thank you. <laughs> oh, so yeah. Somebody would say uh, that. Yeah. Uh, four. <laughs> Five. Also nine. Very good. Wow. That's great. Um, so you are all focused on this very serious conversation with these dark, looming figures around this ominous green fire. And before you even know it, the air gets incredibly cold and a high-pitched frequency enters your ears that seems to rattle your skull and your mind. The night sky seems to come to life as these translucent billowing figures manifest out of nothing 
and the entire circle is surrounded by these wraiths with glowing green weapons in their hands. And the main warrior looks up and says, The Shrouded have found us. We are done for. I need the Mortal Dawn to roll initiative. As much as rotten skin stretched tight over dirty skulls turns my stomach, I gotta admit, a group of freedom fighters trying to take charge of the system that's been keeping them down, that's always inspiring. Sadly, they don't usually come up with the best plans. You've dealt with these kind of groups in the past, I take it. Rebellions? Sure. I've fought them, helped them, built them, broken them. League stuff, you know. Hell, I've come close to bracer breaking a few times for causes I couldn't look the other way on. It's a shame to see good folks get cocky, overextend themselves, and then get squashed like a chihuahua barking at a dire wolf. Well, one thing's for sure, the Mortal Dawn are out of the coffin and into the cremator, as the alarm is raised and their cover is potentially blown. Ha <laughs> ha! This is what I've been waiting for. The MDs are a powder keg and an ossuary, and you cannot beat the spectacle of a blown-up skeleton. Bones raining down like a carcass pinata. The team is stuck between spectral security agents and skeletal insurgent soldiers. How likely is survival in this scenario? Now, the best chance is going to be two sides fighting together. Free-for-all ain't going to end well. Maybe they can convince a ghost they're going to take down the revolution, or convince these excretion cats that they're going to commit to the cause. And damn, this is juicy. I just wish I had some popcorn. Pretend they're little skeleton heads with the pop-pop. If our team falls here within the undead barrier, there may be no coming back, as their undead disguises become all too real. Let's see how this conflict unfolds after these words from our sponsors. Into a brew as black as sin, a river's stone, a serpent's skin. Into the cauldron, then commit. Roasted dark, a dead fruit's pit. Into the churning pot a boil, a hunter's tooth, a fresh grave soil. A potion unlike any other, bone of father, blood of mother. Brew it long and cook it black, and pour it through an organ sack. Pressed and bled through sinew screen, a spoon of sugar, a dash of cream. Topped with a crown of foamy whip, and anointed with a caramel drip. Strong in flavor, heed my warning. Caffeine magic starts your morning. Add a pastry from our oven at Baba Java's and the Caffeine Coven. <laughs> now you can earn Baba Bucks with every purchase of a coffee potion at any of our 25 kingdom-wide locations. Earn points to get free beverages, Baba Java coffee mugs, or save up enough to place a curse on those who have wronged you. Start your morning right with Baba Java and the Caffeine Coven. Now that's black magic. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. 
Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hello, all you cuties. It's Zach again, coming at you live from the League of Ultimate Quarantine. Woo! I hope everyone's safe out there, staying home, and listening to Luck on Repeat. We really appreciate everyone's support and community engagement, and I want to thank our patrons, who are our primary and really only source of income right now. Your contributions are helping so much, and we really can't thank you enough. In particular, our legendary teams, the Moonlight Vale, the Tavern Brawlers, and this week's featured team, the Cultured Cutthroats, composed of Zan Cam, Jeff Ammons, Jack Phillips, and Isaac Davies. Your donations of $25 or more a month are so inspiring, and it means the world to us that people want to contribute to our time and labor. Whether you're a patron or not, be sure to check out our Discord where you can chat with the crew and other fans, and patrons in particular can find bloopers and deleted scenes in the Heroes Lounge. If you'd like to advertise with us or get a personal message on the show, please send an email to admin at slapdashstudios.com. And please get the word out there. We really don't do much, if any, advertising at all, and we definitely don't have the money to pay for it. So if you can just share it with a friend, especially right now when people have plenty of time to be listening to podcasts, that would be amazing. I've been a little lax on my streaming lately, but I'm about to start up again with an all-new series, and I'm going to commit to this one, where I play Mother, Earthbound, and Mother 3. This trilogy of Nintendo RPGs are set in the 1990s with amazing design, killer music, and the most fantastically bizarre enemies I've ever seen. Like, they have New Age Retro Hippie, Dolly's Clock, and Cranky Old Lady, and it's basically just that, and it gets more and more bonkers as it goes. It's been really hard for me to find something I've been passionate enough to stream, and I think this is it. I have an Earthbound tattoo for crying out loud, like right on my chest. Earthbound is my favorite game of all time, and I really hope you'll join me while I play through them. I'll try to iron out a hard schedule soon, but until then, go ahead and follow our Twitch account at twitch.tv slash slapdash streams, or join the Discord, and since I almost always post there too. I really hope to see you there, but until then, let's get back to the action. My name is Thomas Turner, and this is Behind the Shield. An in-depth expose of life behind the scenes of the League of Ultimate Questing. Team Sponsors. Over the past decade, they have become an integral part of the LUQ, helping to pay for the cost to constantly produce and transmit the show to people of the Five Kingdoms. Afford team challenges like the Trial of Ascending and annual events, as well as helping teams fund their own PR and equipment. But when did businesses grow interested in helping the League, and why is it now something they all compete for? During the second official season of the League of Ultimate Questing, the fan base had started to grow more and more rapidly, unprecedentedly doubling each moon. It was when these numbers began to grow so dramatically that major businesses became aware of the advertising potential. The first official paid advertisement aired on the 10th day of the Spirit Moon at the ninth bell, as follows, for the price of 25 gold drac. McCraglin's down near you now, cudgels. They're a real knockout. Don't beat yourself over the head. Beat the masses with our reliable bludgeoning beauties. Join the club. Shop McCraglin's. From there, the payment started rolling in, helping bring the league to the apex of technological achievements it has reached. Today, ads range in value from 500 gold drac for early morning airings to 25,000 for invitational primetime slots. This has been Thomas Turner. Join us next time for more Behind the Shield. So what did everyone get for their initiative score? Natural 20 plus three. Uh, fuck yeah. Chris. <laughs> uh, one plus three. One plus three. Woo! It's the other end of the scale. Crazy. 
Haru? One plus one. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I didn't think I was going to have to go any further right than that, but there I am. <laughs> yeah. All right, Arvid? 21 total. 21 total. Well, there's both ends of the spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, the enemy didn't roll that good. Though. They probably will go last. Like, over no. 20, over 20, less than five, less than five. <laughs> so uh, to set the scene, this central ring is comprised of the Gravebound. Those are all of the skeletal zombie soldiers you've been talking to. They kind of have these white cloaks on. The outer ring of this mishmash of ghostly looking wraiths. Those are the shrouded who have appeared that seems to have alarmed them quite greatly. This is the general you were speaking with, and the Mortal Dawn are right here. Perfect. There is a high-pitched hum filling the air that seems to be emanating from these spectral warriors that have manifested on the battlefield, and their weapons are at the ready, glowing with green anima energy. We'll discuss the possible expansion of your empire soon. But for now, let's deal with this. He begins rubbing his hands together until smoke starts to billow out for them. He opens them apart and then two large balls of blue flame erupt and then he casts them out, creating a long line of blue and purple flame, engulfing Ooh. the three on the northern side. Is that a wall of fire? That is a big fat wall of fire. All right. So I've got some markers down to indicate the beginning and end of the wall of fire. And at this angle, you have caught three immediately in the area. That's tender good. Is this a dexterity save for them? This is a dexterity save. All right. That one's failed. That one's failed. <laughs> and that one failed. Holy shit. Wow. Very nice. That is 5d8 damage. Woo. Ooh, I like that. And I can't remember if I get anything else. It's not daylight, so that doesn't do anything. I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> got a whole bunch of fire damages. Yeah, I'm going to slam them in the butt. Uh, that's a 15 plus another... 11 so that's 26 damage Whoa. very nice that is a fat fucking roll <laughs> that is a nice 5d8 right there mm -hmm. so the once dark cemetery you thought the green fire was lighting up fairly well this roaring purple and blue fire makes it almost like high noon here in the graveyard for just a moment it's high noon <laughs> <laughs> and you see these three shrouded wraiths start to catch flame like they're incorporeal robes are now ignited. Uh, they seem to still be manifesting themselves and writhing in pain, but uh, they are angered. I will also take this opportunity to move closer to the bonfire proper. Okay. Because I don't got Jack. Yeah, I'm going to do crossbow spear. Cool. And you want to be adjacent to the fire or five feet away? Uh, let's get adjacent to that bad boy. Very good. And you feel like there's a little bit of like anima energy just like crackling out of the fire. It doesn't nourish you or anything because you are in fact living, but you're starting to become aware of the the sensation that it gives off drink those coals <laughs> <laughs> all right next in the initiative we have arvid all right arvid was kind of uh in a daze not totally focused he was like oh yeah 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 let's go come on um and so <laughs> <laughs> i like the idea of you being like that to the wraiths you're like all right yeah all right yeah wraiths i understand <laughs> and then he attempts to go into a rage mm-hmm but feels uh, a chill deep in his bones. Mm. His bones. Yeah. So he's going to try to go to the other side of the fire, following Captain's, uh, you know, general combat tactics as best he can visually. So, like, if he can make it to the opposite side of the fire. Uh -huh. So then he will cast Fairy Fire upon... Um, can you Can you describe that villain for me? Yeah, the one standing right in front of the mausoleum, and when I say standing, I mean hovering menacingly. What looks like the figurehead of this group of wraiths is slightly taller. 
their hood comes up to a bit of more of like a helmet conical point and their cloak forms sort of like wings that flow behind them whereas the others just kind of drift of their own the other ones don't have nearly as much steez yeah (laughs) he's very steezy and the glamour also affects his fairy fire in this case so instead of the beautiful aurora borealis kind of situation it just kind of makes him glow as if he had veins and organs etc um Mm. They, they like pop out he, he like he would be corporeal if it weren't for the fact that he doesn't have skin sort of thing right <laughs> cool that's it so you're hitting that one with the fairy fire yeah is cool. there any way to reach anybody else with it because no. it's a 20 foot by 20 foot radius right it, you could hit some of the gravebound that you are talking with uh, yeah um, but Damn. he's too far from any other specter to hit, hit another oh well and they're all pretty balanced out but he looks bad so i was like yeah yeah so that guy mm. he's gonna attempt a deck save versus your spell dc to avoid your fairy fire it's not good uh, he got a 14. I think that beats it. I think Let, it does too. Yeah. He, he made it exactly. It. Just okay. with a 14. Yeah. Aww. Uh, so as your ghostly undead fire attempts to wrap around this figure, you see his cloaky wings sort of swirl around him and just push it out into the night sky, disappearing. Arvid will uncharacteristically hiss at him in his skeletal form. <laughs> 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 and for my own, you you didn't rage. You like thought about it and changed your mind. Tried to and couldn't get it up. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Need some Viagra. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, it's going to be the enemy's turn. And at the beginning of the enemy's turn, the larger wraith that you targeted is going to open its spectral mouth and the entire area in front of it gets filled with, again, this what starts as a high pitched hum which explodes into this kind of banshee cry. You feel at first like you're going to be bombarded with sonic energy and horrible necrotic spell magic, but it just sort of washes over you. Um, And you can see even the undead around you seem to be affected by this. And all that happens is a tiny glowing red bead of light appears above your head. Oh no. And then it swirls into a sort of shadowy vortex and vanishes, but the sound of its cries still seem to fill the air. It's as though everyone in this enclave has been marked in some way. As the larger one vanishes, the other ones begin to move in. The three in the wall of fire are going to take some damage as they move away from it. So they're going to make their deck saves versus... Uh, they, they take the damage at the end of their turn. Gotcha. Uh, so they took their damage already for being in it. So, cool. So the six shadowy figures, three of them tearing through the wall of fire, still like smoldering and burning from the magic of it, move in towards the grave bound and the mortal dawn themselves. Some of them just go toe-to-toe with these armored skeleton knights, and you see their green hissing animal weapons, like, carve away chunks of their undead flesh. And these soldiers, like, lift shields and deflect to the best of their ability. They seem to have a degree of military understanding, and they fight in unison, but these are powerful foes. One of them moves up to Harathax and attempts to use its attack on you. I'm coming at you with a 19. That hits. And I... Always swear I'll never use small font again, but I have so much info to load onto this little piece of paper. You take 18 necrotic damage, and I need you to make me a constitution saving throw. I said natural 20. Very good. Uh, You can feel as the anima blade passes through you. It's almost as though plunging a torch into a fire to relight itself, and you think that it's pulling life essence out of you. Um, you manage to, with all of your physical strength, fight back against it. But you feel like this weapon would just pull your life essence right out of your body. Great. And the same thing happens to Chris with the one that moved up from behind you. And I'm coming at you with a 16. Shield. Okay. So you're going to use your reaction to manifest your magic shield. Mm-hmm. And the blade just completely deflects off of the uh, sonic Chris shield. 
One more is going to be able to reach Arvid, who attempted to cast a spell on their main person. And the rest of them are just going to be going toe-to-toe with the undead around you. That is probably a miss on Arvid with an 11. That misses. All right. So your warrior instincts kick in and you duck underneath this green scythe that comes over your head. And you can feel like the neck hairs that you can feel but not actually have <laughs> kind of rise up as the uh, the weapon does nothing against you. All right. Moving on in the initiative, we are at Christ. So Christ will begin by voluntarily reverberating, ready for this battle. Mm. Uh, But something's really off just about doing that here. Maybe it's the Banshee, maybe it's the place. Uh, When he goes and does it, he looks at his palm where his gem would be, and there's actually like a void. Hmm. But his reflection of him in his corporeal form uh, appears in that void. Um, And he cries out, I'm hungry. And then I'm starving. Uh, and from there, Chris grabs on to Harothax with this crystalline claw. He will thunderstep to where that little uh, banshee would have been. Okay. All right. So what's the save that the creatures around you need to make against your thunderstep? Um, I'm going to do max level thunderstep, which is fourth level. So mm-hmm. give me one second. Mm-hmm. It is a constitution save. Thank you. These two are going to make their save against your thunderstep. Or they're going to try to anyway. Uh, one of them makes it. The other one fails. So that would be a 4d10 plus 4 in the damage. All right. Let's see it. And I think I'll use the non-super big boomy of the band too. So 4d10. All right. Here we go. That's a 4. That's another 4. 8. That's a 10? Yep. Mm-hmm. 18. Okay. And another 4. All 22. Right. Plus 4. Hey, and then 26. I forget what the band does uh, on uh, a normal. You sacrifice hit points and it deals an extra D8, I believe. Yes. Okay. Do you do extra because you're reverberating? Yes, That's that was... the 4. Yeah. Oh, okay. And that is a 7 to me and extra 7 damage. Very good. So as you explode in this energy before disappearing, two of the gravestones around you just crumble and turn into dust. And the loamy grave soil starts to like rip up and you see like worms panicking and clawing their way out of the ground. Mm-hmm. The cacophonous wave pushes against the incorporeal cloaked figures. One of them who still seems to be on fire, the flame gets snuffed by the force of this thunder mm-hmm. and then the rest of them snuffs out as well. Ooh. Nice. The other one is pushed back briefly and then sort of coalesces again and moves forward even more tenaciously. After that, he looks at the battlefield and just starts maniacally laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Woof. (laughs) That brings us to Harithax. You are now at the top of the uh, battlefield with Chris having teleported you. Okay. Harithax is going to kind of scan their new position on the battlefield, and I'm going to run up next to Arvid Mm -hmm. and help Arvid with the specter that they're fighting. Cool. Chris kind of has a hard time letting Harithax go. Aw. We all do. Well, <laughs> I don't think that was meant to be cute. I think that was meant to be, I'm going to consume you. <laughs> I'll process it how is easiest for me. That's fair, yeah. <laughs> so as Harithax runs, the roots from their little tendril hand kind of wrap around their staff as I um, bonus action shillelagh it on the way. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sort of duck past Arvid as I arrive at his side, sweep my staff through the, the anima flame. Ooh. Uh, cast green flame blade that's, and that's fucking good right there. and attack the specter I love it that's very good uh, I'm gonna make an attack roll now I would love it if you made an attack roll and right hope now. that it hits you get to use your spell attack bonus I do which you know at this point has uh, 21 for hitting this thing that connects all right cool 2d8 plus 4 very good 
That's a three and a two. So nine total. Nine total. Magic damage. All right. You pass the staff of the witness through the anima bonfire and the red eye ignites in the green flame and you bury it into the specter and you see the anima like explode from within it. And it's like feeding it more than it can handle at a given time. And it just explodes into ribbons of dark energy that sift down to the ground like ash. Oh, wow. It was closer to death than I expected. Oh, Artyom nearly murked like three of them. <laughs> they, <laughs> nice. were, they were close. They had a little bit left. Wall of fire, man. <laughs> deals a lot of damage. I regain 12 temporary HP for finishing that thing off then. Yep. Oh, and my predator's panoply goes, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I get advantage on my next attack roll. Yep. That's what it does? Yeah. Cool. Very cool. At the end of the initiative, the Gravebound, uh, the Extrication are all going to act. They rise their weapons up and some of them like bash their shields and say, stand together. We can take them with these outsiders. The leader, the general, he looks up over the expanse of the graveyard towards the city and he says, no, no, we've been marked. It's coming. The Spirit Walker. And he looks to the group of you and says, get out of the city. Do it now. You're our last chance. Run. We'll hold them back. And you see him just somehow manage to tackle the specter next to him. And you see like his essence starting to like sift out from his armor and skeleton. And he's just writhing with it to the ground. And the other ones charge forward, trying to draw all of their attention away from the four of you. All right. Essentially, they're giving you a path to head to your wagon, but you still have another cool thing you could drop if you feel like it. I'm not going to help them. I like that. I like that very much. Um, So they do as much as they can to draw the attention of the uh, shrouded that have manifested. And you all have this tiny bead of red energy hovering over your head. And you feel like looking at each other as the red bead hovers there, you can see the very top of your disguise slowly starting to like trickle away like a very slowly melting candle. And you race to the wagon as fast as you can. You all pile in Arvid diving into the driver's seat and cracking the reins as the Camargan warhorse takes off through the graveyard at top speed. You blow through tombstones, knocking over statues as you go before you return to the road, tearing a sharp corner out of the carnal glebe and towards the city gate. And there looming behind you, now at a dead run, is the spirit guardian towering over the buildings, closing in the gap. As the battle between undead parties rages on, the Mortal Dawn beat a hasty retreat to intercept the stolen goods they seek. Yeah, by stolen goods, you mean a sack of fossils. I've seen a lot of crazy MacGuffins in my day, but a box marked important corpse is about as morally confusing as they come. But will they be able to move fast enough to escape the city itself, as the night seems to come to life and the alarms fill the air? Or will the city's security measures, including a towering beast made of shadows, take them captive? Or worse? This whole deal brings back bad memories. You've been in this kind of situation before? Oh, yeah. I've had a recurring dream just like this growing up. It was vivid. Little Storm's riding his horse as fast as he could down a dark and spooky path, trying to outrun a giant monster chasing after him. I can see it all in my head so clearly now. Oh, <laughs> maybe Young Storm was a powerful dream seer, hmm? You know, thinking back on it, it was less of a monster than it was my math teacher. Only like giant and pissed off. I was not an ideal student kid. Not ideal. Ah, yeah, that does seem a little different. Yeah. You know, and coming to think on it, I'm pretty sure the dark and spooky road was made out of black licorice. Either way, absolutely terrifying. Licorice and math teachers? Hey, I'll take a ten-story shadow monster over a road made of black licorice and algebra any day. It's supposed to be candy, Kip. It tastes like gut medicine and yard clippings. And since when do they start putting letters in with the numbers? That's not where the letters go. There are necessary evils, and there are evils that must be purged. 
I let greater orcs than I decide where quadratic equations lie. Well, math teacher or not, the MDs had better be ready to run for their lives if they want to finish this deeper by the hour quest. Will they find themselves tangled up in more political struggles and moral dilemmas? Or will they get swallowed whole by the city's shadowy sentinel and gossamer guardians? Find out next time on the League of Ultimate Questing. That was the coolest shit. Yeah. That was the, the coolest shit. Um, damn. I uh, figured that was going to last longer, but... Yeah. Uh, I mean, I could have kept going, but it would have been... Another round would have been easily 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yep. I went, when he was like, it does this thing, and all of you get this little red bead over... I was like, oh, we all just got target designated by the, the targeting laser. Furagagatatsu. If you wanted to like drop some more fuck yous on the way out, but I like that you know, particularly like Artyom's like, no, these guys can fight their own battles. Yeah, I'm not gonna help. That's really what his stance is on most things. I I think in general that's gonna be his attitude towards all undead. It's just gonna be like, yeah, I'm not gonna help you. Makes sense to me. Let let the wicked kill the wicked. So with the uh, episode closing, I'd like to first thank everybody for listening. We we love you. You're welcome. I do listen to the podcast as well, so, you know. <laughs> Thank you. Every week. And you should know who is thanking you. It is, first of all, me, I, myself, Sam, <laughs> playing Arvid Ulfmund, uh, level six, barbarian, level two, druid, mm-hmm. aspect of the ram. Yes, very good. You might be able to, you might want to just say level eight Drubarb from now on. It might be it's easier. a lot easier. And yeah. I like I have to put like it's it's like childhood math in, in my brain. It's like level two plus six equals eight. Yay! <laughs> that's a terrifying voice to hear come out of I'm glad that's not the character voice that Sam went with for the oh podcast. Fucking Lord. Can you imagine this like seven foot five like yeah. just monster with that Hi! voice? She decided oh. to play a gnome and just like. Mm-hmm. No, I'm so done with pixie barbarians. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. That's it. Okay, anyway. Uh, my name is Michael Loving. I play Harithax, the uh, re- reduced essence uh, dragonborn warlock. Hi, I'm Alante. I play Krista Grand, the level eight resident. Res- ah, you know what? I'm I'm a sorcerer and bard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That rolls off the tongue. There we go. Resonant, resonant. Nope. See, can't do it. Resident, resonant, revenant. Yes. I'm yep. just I'm just a fucking sound ghost. You could do what I do. <laughs> sound ghost? I'm a sound ghost right now. <laughs> Spooky sound. Yeah. Sounds cool. God, that does sound an awful lot like a euphemism for a fart, though. So. No. Okay. <laughs> Scratch all that. <laughs> anyway, someone else go. Uh, I'm Zach Barkas. I play Artem Volkov, the cleric of sunlight and suffering. I'm also the technical director for Slapdash Studios LLC. Whoa. This is our first fucking yeah. recording where we are officially a company yeah we, we got them l's l's and c's up yeah, in we us do. my name is law i am the dungeon master for the league of ultimate questing i am also the creative director of slapdash studios and i just want to say that a fart is a food ghost ah there we go that's fair <laughs> uh, i'd also like to say thank you to tori christensen for being our editor victorious yeah. And, who just, word. and who just helped us record the uh, D20 questions or League of Ultimate Questions. Fuck my entire life open. Uh, let's have wow. more podcasts open. with the word questions in them. Yeah, yeah. please. Um, but thank you and everybody. And it's great. And I really appreciate all the questions you threw in. And it's really great to see our community so active. Yeah. 
True that. So I just want to let everyone know you can find us anywhere podcasts are available. This includes Spotify, iTunes, and much more. I've finally written down all of the details of the, uh, the HTTP stuff. So um, we've got Instagram and Twitter at Slap the Dash. Slap Dash Studios is how you would find us on Facebook. You know, it's the it's the easiest way. Just Slap Dash Studios. If you're, if you're looking just for Google us and it. it's hard... Yeah, I've been Googling us all, all the time. Just I, Goog that biz. Goog that <laughs> wow. biz. I was overeager and thought we would have a Wikipedia page already, and we do not. That'd be weird. <laughs> what? Luckopedia? Oh, man. Oh, I mean, yeah. we have our own wiki, but not like an entry on Wikipedia. Oh. That's some prestige there. Mm. I used to just put entries on wiki- Wikipedia of like my, my friends in high school. I'm like, this guy's bad at math. <laughs> 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 they, got, they never got accepted or anything, but I tried. Right, right. Um. So... Yes, there's that. And then also uh, another easy way to get to us is if you uh, just type, you know. How do browsers work? How do browsers work? <laughs> just type VLUQ.com and that'll take you straight to the website, which has links to, well, you know, those social media platforms. And then also our Patreon. Patreon is great. Um, you can start off at a, a dollar and you still get you still get access to stuff mm. um after that things get pretty cool yeah, they uh, do. various li- levels of getting um laws cool dm stuff just like maps and like builds and stuff at different levels uh so if that's something you have a lot of questions about check out the patreon mm-hmm. um also level up dice i finally checked out the website for that uh which there is a link to it on our website mm-hmm. gotta LUQ. use that link on the luq to give us creds yeah that's give us some right. sweet credos so yeah, you can go there and then go to Level Up Dice. And I just looked through the dice and they're pretty freaking amazing. If you want to make an extravagant gift for like the nerdiest friend, the one that needs to be the like alpha nerd. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah. You get them some nice dice. They have, and I'm not joking, they have yak bone dice. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh shit. Yes. I, I can't fathom that. It's amazing. So like if yak you if you're bones. playing a uh, if you're playing like a necromancer and you want to channel some like darkness, you can you can actually use living animals' bones. There is literally nothing more sinister than yaks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> for for clarity's sake, I would like to point out that, that it, it is a no longer living animal's bones that you are rolling at that a way. once <laughs> living animal. It's a once also, living animal. No, they just straight up pulled out a femur. We're like, <laughs> yeah. we're just keeping this dog. Yeah. What I want as law is four yak d6 that I will call the yak a d6. Oh, <laughs> that's too good. <laughs> oh, and if everyone anyone wants to uh, get a gift for me, my favorite were the like Sakura. <laughs> printed on uh on on like rose quartz they're so cute and one of these days we'll set up a p.o box so people can send us crap which i doubt anybody's gonna send you like 200 dollars dice why not (laughs) dream big yeah 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 it'll be your mom they've got they do have some gorgeous dice okay so sorry uh went off course a little bit but (laughs) bringing it back to the table do you guys have some announcements you need to make Oh, we're going to be doing a live show sometime relatively soon. We'll be posting more information about that. I actually probably already put that in the mid-roll, so wherever you heard that, that's what it is and when it is, so enjoy. Uh, we really hope to see you there. Uh, we don't have any conventions coming up because of COVID-19, um, and just so you know, uh, we're going to jump on the bandwagon here. Uh, we are responding to COVID-19 by doing literally nothing. Uh, we're going to be in this room recording when we feel like recording, and we're not going to be in this room recording when we don't. Um, I brought hand sanitizer. That's responsible. Well, that's don't you true. always have hand sanitizer on you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was making sure that I washed my hands before I ate the cookies that Steph made for us. It's a great idea. Yeah, it Wash is. Wash your hands more. It's good. Yeah. Don't touch your face. 
Nick, yep. please, guys. I'm Get a... your finger out of your nose. This, I I'm... know you're listening while driving, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Peter. Right. Come on. I was say, I'm a server. I'm pretty used to not touching my face. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's very important food service You tip. say with your mouth, hands literally on your face. No, my hands are on the sleeve that my... Uh, yeah, okay. see? Or my chin is on my sleeve. Well, well, well. Yep, that's us. Is that everything? I think so. It okay. is now. Well, last thing is just to... Remind you guys to uh, tell your friends, show your friends, make everybody. them listen, show everybody, I guess. But don't mostly... not friends. No, to anybody like let's just just call some random numbers. And if they pick up, be like, hi, listen mm. to this. It's door to for us. Yeah, yeah just to go canvas. Say it's door to door campaigning season. You show up. I guarantee you'll be better received with the podcast mm. than you would with a, a like, political vouchers. So that mm. ain't a bad idea. Yeah. Um, it probably is a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh let's all keep growing and questing together. We wish you luck. Mm-hmm.